Hello, this is Hai Galian, and you are listening to the Beijing Sessions. Today, I talked to Danny Dunn. He is the guitarist from Soul Shake. Soul Shake packs people into Beersmith almost every night, and they're one of the last remaining hotel bands in Beijing. I talked to Danny's bandmate Tom Knight last year, and you might remember the story he told about a beer promotion gone horribly wrong. Danny remembers. If you're in Beijing, you know that we are in this weird, precarious situation where things have tightened up a lot, and we are just trying to avoid a Shanghai-style lockdown. I'm feeling kind of optimistic about it. I think we'll be okay, but you know, it could go either way. Uh, but Danny's based in Guomao, and his area was locked down earlier this week, which is not great if you're a performer. Uh, I caught up with him in his hotel room. Before that, just some other news.、Uh, Beijing Sessions is now on Substack.、Uh, if you don't know Substack, that's a newsletter platform.、Uh, there are a couple of reasons for that. I wanted to see what it does for discovery. Plus, they host the podcast for free. So over the course of a year, that'll save me a couple hundred dollars, which is which is nice. But you know, if everything has gone to plan, you probably won't notice any changes. Okay, here is my conversation with Danny Dunn of Soul Shake. Yes, we're we're working. It's recording.、Nice. We're we're working. It's recording. Okay, so first of all, you just blown me away because I had no idea you can change your ringtone on on、uh, on WeChat calls. <laughs> oh yeah, mine, I think mine's the Beatles. I'll, I'll send you a, where to find it in your settings. I I heard someone else do it recently, and I was like, hold on, that's not fair. Like I've just got that horrible, boring WeChat sound. Daddy Dunn, you're here with me today.、Uh, so I've talked to your bandmate, I've talked to your girlfriend. I've been saving the best for last, obviously. So,、um, <laughs> you know, you're you're the lead. <laughs> sorry, Christine, <laughs> you're the lead guitarist, yes, right, for Soul Shake. True, yes, and I play guitar and sing. Like, are you basically the hottest ticket in town right now? <laughs>、uh, we might be the only ticket in town right now. <laughs> But、uh, yeah, it's been weird. You know, I think when, when you spoke to Tom, like after the whole. Covid situation or 2020. When we got back in, it was like, oh, it was so different because there used to be music everywhere or so many places you could find bands. So now it's just,、uh, I don't know. I think a lot of people found our bar and needed a bit of relief after an awful year, and then just kind of, I don't know, end up with a following of people who just. That's their place now. You know, we were set to talk yesterday. <laughs>、uh, we're talking on Wednesday, May fourth, and we were set. We were set to talk yesterday, but at the last moment, we couldn't talk. What what happened? So in the last few days, well, it's in the last seven days now. It went from all entertainment's been cancelled in Chaoyang District, and then it was all bars and restaurants must close. And then we were like, okay, so we still did the whole like the the venue were doing like delivery stuff, and we were just around, and we're like, okay, we can be in there or can use anything. Like I'm living in, I'm I live in the hotel where the bar is at the moment. So then, yesterday we got a whole new update, which said、um, hotels like this, well, our hotel in our area, is like full lockdown. No more delivery. Every venue has to close completely. Everything gets locked up,、wow. and can't be seen to be like moving around in the building really. So yeah, there's just like loads of my equipment there, and I kind of want to take some stuff back out of the venue in case they actually just seal the doors and I don't have access to my guitars. And so it's a bit of a full-on day yesterday. Was it like just getting food as well, and, and yeah, it was organizing that. I mean, for me, I, like, I've got a lot of stuff that、mm-hmm. I still have locked there because I have a good、um, setup at home for if I want to record or do stuff. 
But yeah, it's a thing of being like, what's what's things that I'd want to take away just in case it gets locked? And then it was, yeah, definitely organizing food. I had to call up the missus and be like, hey, they're going to cancel all delivery stuff. And anyone who knows or knows we're both them awkward vegans. So it went down to the restaurants where, where I am are all closed and the hotel bar and restaurant closed. So it's like you can eat in a canteen, but you're not going to get options. So I was like calling her being like, order as, as much stuff as we can like and we can just make stuff at home if you like it might be five days let's see get all the beyond meat in AJ. <laughs> just, just every, right every vegetable that home i sell <laughs> so uh our hotel room looks like a grocery shop at the moment oh man yeah well so i just just going to get tested today and where i was like i just saw a delivery of refrigerators like so many refrigerators i think people are just buying Fridges and freezers and, and for all these things that, you know. Everyone's hoarding. Yeah. Like, we laughed about yeah, it. I mean, we're just in this really weird moment. Yeah, we were stuck in England in 2020. So um, we took a, a short holiday um, in the January. And then we got t- totally just like locked in with everything that happened in the Europe outbreak and all that. And I remember like just finding it hilarious. like the, And I guess other people around the world laughing at like videos on the internet of like two people having to fight over a pack of toilet paper in a supermarket. And it it become like a bit of a comedy thing of this people only hoarded things like dried pasta, like dolmio sauce and toilet rolls. Because it's just like, well, obviously no one at home can cook very well. And, well, you you want to use the bathroom. But then here, because of um, obviously some stuff with Shanghai and everyone's been worried it might happen in Beijing. It's just funny to see that two years later on the other side of the world, it's now a repeat, like, it's a human behavior. It's not to do with where you're from. It's just everyone goes, but what happens when I go to the toilet? I'm going to have, I need paper. It just, it was just really, like, interesting to see the supermarkets go mental here and be like, oh, I did this two years ago. Yeah, it is, it is, it is interesting. It's just such a weird moment right now. Uh, you know, it's not, I mean, I know you're on lockdown, but, I mean, the, the city at large isn't yet. You know, we're about 50 cases or so every day. It just could go either way, you know, it could go either way, and hopefully it won't. Until until last week, was it basically normal schedule for you guys? Well, last week, um, we ripped out um, the, the stage in the venue, and had we had this new one custom made, and we rewired, put, like, a, all the new lighting rigs in, built this brand new stage that well we've been asking trying to get the venue upgraded like for about three years and it happened and we were like yes the stage is in and we were scheduled to play um eight shows back to back eight days because it's a Cinco de Mayo like a festival so we were going to play yeah Tuesday Wednesday Friday Saturday Sunday Monday and Tuesday and then that takes us up to today I would have had a day off today but I got one gig on that new stage and then they're like, everything stops. It's like three years, three years we waited for it, and we got one night out of it. So, so it should have been totally normal. There was no talk of doing this. Yeah, I mean, just as of what I mean, when was when did I see? You? Maybe about a month ago was the last time I went went to Beersmith and and saw you guys a full yeah, full nearly a month. crowd. Yeah, when I came to Beijing in 2019, you know, you just sort of walk around Guomao at night and. If you went into pretty much any bar, you know, there'd be a, a foreign act there. Sometimes they were good and, and sometimes they were really bad, but, yeah, you know, whatever. Quite, like, there's quite a turnaround. So they'd change a band every three months, every six months. There'd always be music. You know, when I talked to Tom last year, Tom's the lead in your band, you know, I think it was just Soul Shake and, and that band at Maybar 
at the Rosewood Hotel. Yeah. Do, do you know, are there any other bands here in Beijing? Um, doing what we're doing, um, not really. I mean, there's, there's other like bands, like there's a function bands out here, like like what you'd have back in like, I don't know, in the States or in the UK. Like if someone's got an event, they want to hire like a, like a, I don't know, like a wedding band or something like that. Um, so there's a couple here, they do like the, the balls or some corporate jobs. But um, they're all like, you know, teachers or something. They're not like full-time in music. And then the other ones now, um, there was a lot of, um, what's, it, what's the word looking for? There was a lot of cutbacks, you know, financially in the hotels because of, again, linked to pandemic stuff again. So it meant that the hotels had to try and cut costs and they're like, well, why we don't need a five or a six-piece band. So some of the bars went down to like just duos and then you couldn't fly people in. So then your selection of being able to get new musicians is limited. So sometimes they'd, you know, they get an act in and it's not working, but they're like, well, how are we going to change it? Because we, we can't get musicians because we can't fly from overseas. So it just started being like shifting around from different cities in China, just again, before some of the restrictions, different people came in. Uh, the last one I think came yeah. in just down the road in, uh, in Kerry, Kerry Hotel. And when they, they were supposed to come in as four people, and I think two of them, uh, to quarantine or got locked down somewhere and then they were like actually it's i think it's just stayed as a duo again so so it's been really difficult oh, no. it's been so difficult for people to get bands so yeah it's just down to us and uh the band at maybe yeah was it was it a community before like did you guys hang out with the other musicians like was- yeah we'd, we'd all go and see each other we'd all um like most of the time we're all working similar days so on um, sunday and a monday I, that's, I don't play on sunday and monday but a lot of the other bands um, also would have like some of them would have just a Sunday off or someone's got a Monday so we could probably go and see them but they would they would never be able to see us so what used to happen is you'd have like bars where you've got a jam night and all the different musicians from different bands around the city a lot of them would probably end up in that same place because it's day off and you get to see or hang out with the other musicians or get to jam together but it was only us really who could go and watch other, other bands gigs Apart from this little lockdown, before we were doing five days a week and the other ones were doing three. So sometimes you'd just see like random musicians wandering in on a Wednesday like, oh, well, we can't play much because they've cut everyone's hours. It's wild. Yeah. Who knows what's happening? How did you become a musician? I think it's um, like a stack of like circumstances. My Apart from now, my, my brother plays a little bit, but when we were younger, like there's no musicians in our family, but my dad has the most outrageous record collection. Like just thousands of records in the house and my family just they just play music all the time so we're just surrounded by it like tv off put music on instead so i just grew up surrounded by it and then being a curious kid going like how how do you make this how do i play music or read music it's not words so my parents just put me through music lessons and i started like on a tenor horn played trumpet for a bit um taught myself piano then I tried to, I learned saxophone and I finally got to guitar eventually. I don't know, it was, it was a challenge because it, it, it hurt your hands. <laughs> you know, like you, you think, oh, over instruments, you're playing piano. It only hurts if you're going to play for hours and it's achy. But just trying to press a string hurt and I couldn't do it. And then I hated it because it was hard. And then I was like, do you know what? I've got to crack this. Like, I don't want to be defeated. So I went back to the guitar again. Yeah, I got stuck with it. Turned out my next door neighbor used to play guitar and travel all around the world he'd like played with different musicians or he'd done jobs like similar to what i'm doing now as well so when i wanted to learn my parents were like oh by the way the guy next door like is a the musician who travels around the world maybe he can come and give you some advice or help you out 
So I think a little bit of a mixture of just growing up around music, having that guy next to me, parents who are like, if that's what you want to do, do it. So I yeah, went from music school, went through university, did a degree and then decided to go out and just keep going with it. And, and I guess seeing and having that example of that there is a career out there as well through music. Yeah. Do, do you know in school, like people like you have like career counselors. So when I was when I was in high school and they're talking about going to college afterwards, you, you go to like a career advisor and they look at your skill set and decide, OK, these are the jobs that will be best suited for you. And they're always like they're always a lot more normal. Like I think they've got like things they should stick by. And they asked me, what do you want to do? And I said, I'm going to be a musician. And the woman was like, no, no, like that's not a career. Like you need to get a real, like a sensible job. And I went home and I was like really wound up. And I would have been like, I don't know, like 15, 15, 16 years old. And I remember I went and spoke to my parents and like, like, how did your career guidance go? And I went, they told me you can't be a musician because it's not a job or a career. And mum was like, my mum just laughed and just went, no, 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 it's, it can be a career because it's everywhere all around you at all times. People are making money off it. You'll find a way if that's what you want to do. And just push me. So, so I think I got lucky. Where did you grow up? Uh, just outside Liverpool. Yeah, um, northwest of England. Which is, I mean, a very, a very musical city. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a band from there that a lot of people know. <laughs> what did the Beatles mean to you? Or what do the Beatles mean to you? Uh, this, this is quite funny. My dad is like a massive Beatles fan. And like most kids, I had to grow up, I heard them, heard them all my life growing up. And I hit that point when I got into my teen years and was like, this is dad music. And I didn't want to listen to him anymore. And then when I got a bit older and started getting more into music and I started discovering that bands that I liked and that I was finding were like huge Beatles fans. And I was, I was like, but this is like, it's old. It's like parent stuff. So then because my favorite bands were, or the bands I'd listened to liked them i was like i'll go back and have a listen or i heard them cover them and then i got started listening more learning more about them and they come from where i'm from and they went as like kid musicians to changing the world of music so it sort of like inspires you to be like well they went probably that same situation being told you can't do that and figured it out and got out of where we're from so now i i just think Paul McCartney's just the greatest songwriter ever, in my opinion. I mean, he's yeah, he's just a machine for pumping out songs. Yeah, they're just amazing. The 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 right balance of a band you get to see it when you're in bands yourself as well. Like you can, there's a new um, documentary that Get Back documentary, and watching yeah. watching the Beatles like making Let It Be album, and seeing the balance of so seeing that they do fall out, they're not perfect, or you do need maybe someone to to lead it and take control, even if they wouldn't choose to be. Then balances that you might think are wrong in your own projects that you're doing. You realize that, well, the most successful band of all time had fights with each other or had a nominated leader for it and everyone has different input and you've got to value it. So you can learn both musically but also as a person. So yeah, and they're from Liverpool. So it means a lot for someone who's playing music. I, I got I had such a new appreciation for Paul after watching that documentary series i thought oh me too me too his role was so important and you know he he was the guy that was like come come on guys like 
we've got to get together. We have we have this goal. And this goal, and the goal was so like, it was so weird. I mean, they had to finish this album in time for Ringo to make this shitty movie <laughs> that like nobody remembered. And like, mm. like, no, we have to get this album done by this arbitrary date. You know? It's, it's, it's then, mental to watch. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. Just, I didn't know, again, I was watching it just going, why did he force them? What is it like about three weeks? And then you realize that a song like Let it, Let it Be showed up out of them three weeks and Long and Winding Road, you hear him like playing it and then at one point going, oh, forget it. And you're like, what? What, what do you mean forget it? It's an amazing song and that was nearly thrown in the trash. And then the balance of members, it changed my perception so much. Like my, you have these conversations, right? When people say, okay, Beatles in order, who's your favorite? Mine after watching Get Back is totally different to what it was before. What was it before and what is it now? Uh, it used to used to be George, then John, then Paul, then Ringo. It changed to being Paul, George, John, Ringo. Uh, Ringo always gets a bit of a bad rap, but he's good. But it, look at look at the band he's in. Mm-hmm. Like he, mm-hmm. he got but, lucky. Yeah, and very lucky. And he was just he was the one guy. I, I, I had like a bit of an, I don't know why I just held an issue that maybe I invented it in my head. But then I watched that and I was like, this guy's always there early. He's there like either first or like always there ready, which is exactly what you need when you've got a band. He's like, if he's playing something yeah. and gets told, hey, not that, but change it. He's like, yeah, no worries. Does it. Enjoys being there. Isn't much of a fighter over stuff. And I was like, oh, these are, they're the kind of people you'd like to have in the band sometimes. <laughs> so I was like, why did he get a bad bad reputation yeah in basketball they call him the glue guy you need a glue guy you you just you just you just need him yeah you have to be around and then i see things like watching paul like you said seeing someone like take mm-hmm. like some leadership and maybe like you hear him saying it like he's like oh well, you're in charge and he's like basically trying to be like i'm not but he knows he is and he knows that if he wasn't mm-hmm. then nothing would have happened in them like last like couple of years like that last little run Nothing would have happened. You needed someone to just grab it by the horns and be like, guys, we're, we're still the Beatles. Let's get it done. Who's the glue guy in Soul Shake? <laughs> Tom's job is, if anyone who doesn't know Tom or doesn't know us, is uh, I see he plays keys in the band and he's the singer. Um, main vocalist now because we, we didn't hire a girl after we came back from COVID. His job is actually is to lead it. He's like the proper appall of a situation like where he... He does all the business side of it, like does a lot of the organizations and, and the relationships with the agents or like any shows we're doing or for any bookings. He's like really solid for that. His approach to doing it is so much different to like what my approach is when I used to do that job. And because we're almost like very similar, but very opposite, it works well because any stuff he's doing, I'd be like, hey, well, let me give you some grounding or bring you back or there's another way to do things so we get a good balance between us our our drummer has been daniel's been with us like as well same amount of time as me like five years and dan's just dan's just happy happy doing the gig he's like i come in i play i learn the songs he sings really well but he's just like doesn't do much of gets get things organized to do that he's just like uh almost like the ringo the one who shows up he's to the minute exactly on time to get there and he just does what does what you want him to do in a band: play drums, sing, and then see it on the next show, kind of thing. And at the moment, we've been a bit fluid with the extra members. We've had a, a few. I think if you, anyone listened back to Tom's one, you'd know the uh, 
the amount of members this band's had. <laughs> but it's became something that me and, me and Tom have always ran projects, so it's like we're both very involved in wanting it to run. Tom's the nominated person to be doing it. Sometimes I'll just be like, come down, grab a coffee or a beer, depending on what time it is. Is it after midday or not? Who knows? And then um, bat ideas out, see what see what we get to between us, and then it's his job to take that and get it done. When I talked to him last year, you he said that you your your, your band knew about six hundred songs. It, it, I have a feeling it's more than that. Like, what do you, what 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 is your estimate? When we when we hire a new guy, I think we've ended up with a bit of a, a funny reputation for this because I don't really know how other people are running their bands. But we're like, we have a lot of people who come and watch us and are quite regularly over over years of coming to see us. And you want them to always get to experience something new and not just the same old stuff all the time. So the new guy whom we hired, this current bassist, I sent him 500 songs to get started. And everyone else was like, like other bands when they've heard about it, have been like, that's not possible. And I was like, it is because I had to do it and Daniel had to do it. That's to get started, and then we want to start adding more and more every week on top of that. If it was just, now we're going to be a three-piece for a little while, me, Tom, and Daniel, I don't know how many. Over the years, we've probably played about a thousand songs together. I don't know, sometimes Tom just messages me in the afternoon and goes, hey, can we, do you want to play this song later? And I'm like, okay. We'll just have a bash of it. Without, don't rehearse it, just see what happens. So at that point, I don't know, it becomes a bit, it becomes limitless. One, one of the best moments of this podcast last year was when Tom told the story of, of a beer promotion that had gone <laughs> yeah. horribly wrong. <laughs> can you, I know the can, exact story. <laughs> can you think of any other stories that happened at Beersmith in Beijing? Um, oh, it depends which, which part of that one that, that, that Tom had told you. Because we did have that, for anyone who's not heard the other one, we had that moment where we put a beer that was way too strong one of our new releases you know about 10 percent. i can't remember the exact percentage and let it go and buy one get one free we were we were playing um it might have told you the, the bathroom where we, we found a, a guy half clothed just right it, after that yeah, yeah. so yeah he did. It just passed he out did. but we also had a moment on at the same time where we were someone requested michael jackson and we're like yes yeah, sweet what do you want we've got loads and they was like, oh, you pick. And we're like, okay, so we play You Are Not Alone. It's got this big big chord at the beginning. So you hold out this really beautiful chord, and it stops, and it's silent. And then Tom goes, another day is gone. And we kick the song in, the whole band come in. And we stopped the chord, and it, and it went absolute silence. And the guy on the table in front of me projectile vomited, and it just yeah. slapped <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> And yeah, Tom missed yeah. it, and I just fell apart laughing, and I just couldn't play. I was just like really struggling to get back in. And then Tom's turned around and figured out what's going on, and he's like, "Oh God, is that beer? Like that beer again?" <laughs> he might have said, there's, there's, "There's things that have happened that are probably like things that you shouldn't we shouldn't broadcast." I say, "Just come down, come down to one of the gigs, and then something might happen." Who knows? Well, I mean, yeah, I'll I mean, let you know well, next time we release a strong beer. <laughs> So what, when I was there uh, last time with my wife, who says hello, by the way, um, oh, you know, she, hey she stayed there pretty late. Um, yeah, yeah. What is your schedule? Like, how do you, like, how late do you stay? Like, when when do you wake up? That, that can't be sort of, um, you know, quote unquote, normal 
sort of schedule. It's very not normal. See, the the thing of like maintaining having like a long resident contract and getting like the perks we get from doing our job. The way to maintain that is obviously refreshing music, like I said earlier. It's just getting to know the people who are coming down. So when you're finished, like it depends on what day of the week is. We'll wrap up around one o'clock in the morning or one thirty if it's a weekend. And that's when the, we stop actually playing music live. But then after that, it's like, well, let's go and hang out with the people who've been here all night. In the breaks too, if we, we do three sets. So in the gaps, we go and meet people. And sometimes people are stuck around listening to the music and they're like, I've got questions I want to ask or I want to speak to them. So it's kind of, it's like, some of it's like PR, but it's, if you've moved to the other side of the world and you're always like, the night times you can't go out and socialize, you're like, well, I can do it at the shows. I finish, I meet people. And some of them have become like my best friends over the years. But what what it means is that you might be in the bar till 3 or 4 a.m. on a regular basis. Like, I, I think I go to bed about, yeah, about 4 or 5, uh, sometimes a little bit after. And then get up you know, around 12, 1, whatever eight hours sleep is if you manage to get it. And then it's just straight through. Get up in the day, get some food, have your coffee, and then let's go again. There's a lot of alcohol involved as well, so you end up in that moment of going, oh, I've had a few beers now, I might as well have another one. When did you become a vegan? Oh, we had a, a curve in the thing uh, about 10 years ago. The first thing was just like friends or like my, my ex-girlfriend was vegetarian and she'd gone vegan. And it's normally through someone around you maybe knows something. And I'm like, I, well let me know what's made you change or what's made you think about it. And it was just like, you know, watched a few documentaries, saw things that I was like, okay, it's just telling me things that are obvious, but you have that like cognitive bias in your brain. Like people who, they smoke cigarettes and they see all the warnings on the packet of what cigarettes do. And they go, mm, yeah, but I like it. And you're like, how do you manage to have both them things, them feelings at the same time? It's like knowing what goes on in the world or what goes on in like animal ag- agriculture industry. Like, you, you know it's not nice, but then you're like, yeah, but bacon or yeah, but chicken. And I had a moment of say, just my brain went, I just can't do it. I've, I've knocked that switch now where I've started thinking about it a lot more and I can't just write it off with saying, yeah, but I like the taste. And it was just a, a thing that just clicked and I went, okay, well, that's it now probably for life because I see certain things now and I don't look at it as food. How much longer are you, did they tell you you're going to be in quarantine for? Uh, I don't, do you know what? It's, it's a funny one because they said five days, but last week they said we're going to close the bar for four days and then it's, oh, it's going to be five days of this quarantine and like a COVID test every day. Then today I was told, oh, you can probably go downstairs. You can step outside out at the building just to, if you want fresh air probably still order delivery stuff and I was like oh cool and I went down to get my COVID test and they were like definitely don't go outside and don't order delivery oh I was like oh okay I just it's hard to follow I don't know what the rules are we're just like, okay everyone's stuck all the venues are locked and closed when people are saying you've got to do this and COVID test every day you kind of go all right it's worth it could be five days depends what happens if more cases pop up around this area maybe they'll ask us to do it longer we're all clear no one's no one's got in our group of people and our staff, no one's no one's got it. We're all clear, like negative tests. Everyone it depends what the rules are. Well, at this point, we're we're really only looking at about forty-five to fifty 
cases a day, yeah. right? So, I mean, it's a city of 24 million people. I think, you know, unless unless there's like a, you know, a major increase, I, I just can't imagine you will know people <laughs> who test positive. But mm-hmm. I mean, well, I guess we'll see. If you're, if you're there for like, you know, five days, 10 days, like what, 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 what do you plan to do? I have a I have a company in England. I make um, guitar pedals. Like I have a business with my with my brother, and I'm overdue that I've got to record some new demos, like for um, one of our new products. So I'm kind of like, hey, it's a good opportunity to sit down and get some of these recordings done that I need to do. And also, I I've got um like an, an artist deal with like one of my favorite guitar companies, and they asked me as well, like, okay, can you make more footage and more content for online to, to demo our guitar that they built for me. And I've just been busy with gigs all the time, so I've not really got around to it. And then, obviously, I fell over the other week and broke my foot, so I can't carry equipment. <laughs> so I've just, got to the, I've just got to the point where I'm like, okay, I feel like it's, it's recovered quite, quite a lot now, and I can probably carry the rest of the stuff that I want. And Yeah, just do some recording. Maybe just have a break as well, just watch some mindless tv for a change and just have a rest <laughs> you've been so busy for the last while so i think you know that's that that's that's a good call what what is your company called uh sound lad liverpool yeah in, in liverpool sound sound just means like cool or like okay or like harder or, or it can mean awesome so when someone says like hey I'm, I'm gonna be there at this time you're like sound i had no idea and lad is also slang slang so we just named it sound lad because it's a, it's a proper like scouse <laughs> Liverpool, let's say. Um, and we're like, okay, sound lad, Liverpool. Daddy, let's leave, let's leave it there. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Oh, oh good one, yeah. Thanks for, thanks for calling. Thanks for getting me involved. Yeah, absolutely. And good luck. I hope. I really hope you get out of there soon. I'll let you know when we're out and I'll let you know when we've got a strong beer so it'll be double entertainment when we get back. That was Danny Dunn. My name is Hike Ballion. This is The Beijing Sessions. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week. <laughs>